Welcome to OnAmp. Oh no, not another marketing podcast. I'm your host, Will Davis. I'm the Chief Marketing Technology Officer and Co-Founder at RightSource with over 20 years experience in the marketing space. On this podcast, we'll cover everything from strategy to content to MarTech platforms and everything in between. You'll hear honest talk about successes and failures with our guests, plenty of analogies, maybe a couple jokes, and a lot of data points along the way. Now more than ever before, marketing is evolving at a rapid pace. Um, And whether you dive deep in on the MarTech space or whether it's what's going on from an SEM, SEO perspective, there's a lot going on in marketing. Um, And you really need to be an informed marketer to know what you do need to do or also just as importantly what you don't need to do. Welcome. With me today, VP Programming and Immediate Past President of the AMA Baltimore, uh, Senior Marketing Manager at Right Source Marketing, NBA 1990s and Rap 1990s aficionado, and affectionately known by many as the Dovinator, Dove Hoffman. Welcome, Dove. Hey, Will. How's it going? Good, good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Great. Well, Dove, before we get into uh, some of the details, um, Gave you a really long intro, but a lot going on uh, with Dove and Dove's roles both in AMA and uh, and RightSource. But wanted to talk to you today in particular about AMA. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about you know Dove, quick background, uh, where you're from, things that interest you, uh, some of your unique perspective on marketing. Yeah, sure. So a few things. Um, so I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island, the Forgotten Borough. Um, but all that said, I do consider Charm City, Baltimore, my home. I've lived here for the last 20 years. Um, a couple interesting things about me, just so people know who I am, and then I'll dive into a little bit on the marketing side. Um, I'm an avid traveler, and I've been to over 10 countries. Really enjoy seeing different and new parts of the world and checking out their culture, seeing what life outside the U.S. is like. I'm also a fan of spicy foods and hot sauce. Um, watch out for this one called One Effing Drop. It's really hot. Um, And I would say sort of my approach on marketing is, um, and we'll get into this a little bit with some of the questions, but I think one of the most important things today is really looking at how are you focusing on what matters? And I know that sounds very simplistic, but I think far too often today as marketers, we tend to get hung up on there's all this stuff out there, whether it's social media or paid media or 12 new things that you went to a conference and you heard about and you have the mindset of let's do it all when you really have to take a step back and say, what is important to our business? What are our goals and objectives? And there might just be one thing that you do really well and that works and you can grow from there. But if you jump into trying to do 12 things at once, you're probably not going to be very good at it. Yeah, and no, I think that's a great point. And, you know, despite the fact that I introduced you with three or four different titles, which seems like there's a lot going on. And, and those of you know who know Dove know, uh, Dove always does have a lot of interesting things on his plate. Ensuring that you're not trying to do too much and, and are able to focus as a marketer, really important. So, um, Dove, talk to us a little bit, you know, um, in terms of programming for the AMA. And, and actually, before we get there, uh, Many folks in the area know you from your involvement with AMA. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the AMA, why you're so passionate about the AMA, and even, I mean, there's people I've talked to who said, wow, I thought Dove worked at the AMA full-time. They didn't realize it was a volunteer job. So um, what makes you passionate about the AMA as an organization, and why is that important for marketers? Yeah, great, great question, Will. Um, so you're certainly right. 
Um, sometimes I joke with people and say AMA is my full-time non-paying job because um, I do spend a lot of time with AMA outside of working hours and on the weekends related to AMA. But there's a few reasons why I'm so passionate about AMA and why I continue to stay involved today. Um, in short, the simple answer for me is that AMA is an organization which is focused on making marketers better marketers. Um, you might wonder, what does that really mean? Um, and how do we dive a little bit deeper on that? Um, so as I would say, now more than ever before, marketing is evolving at a rapid pace. Um, and whether you dive deep in on the MarTech space or whether it's what's going on from an SEM, SEO perspective, there's a lot going on in marketing. Um, and you really need to be an informed marketer to know what you do need to do or also just as importantly, what you don't need to do. Um, so specifically, uh, getting back to AMA, why I'm so passionate about it is that it's the type of organization that you're able to collaborate with like-minded individuals and also at the same time connect with people that you don't normally connect with. So those of you that are not familiar with AMA, AMA um, is a national organization for marketers, was started in 1937, and today has over 30,000 members. Um, the nice thing is in most major markets, wherever you are, there is an AMA chapter. And whether you're anywhere from an undergrad student up until the C-level of a CMO, CEO, or anywhere in between, and whether you're on the agency side or the client side or in different industries, big companies, small companies, there's likely a group of people who are just like you. So you can have a peer group to talk to about successes and challenges, but also equally important, there's people who are doing things not at all like you or not within your space that you're able to learn from and really apply that to what you're doing. Yeah, that's interesting too, Dove, because as you mentioned, AMA uh, as an organization being around since 1937, but needing to continuously evolve. I've seen so many organizations in the last decade plus, particularly membership associations, that have struggled to remain relevant, struggled to figure out what's the value, particularly in kind of the uh, age of social media where people are able to make some of their own connections and do a lot of things virtually. I've seen many organizations that were um, – highly event dependent or highly kind of fostering connectivity dependent uh, struggle or even fold because they couldn't quite find their way in the world. Um, with everything evolving in the marketing space, how does AMA stay really relevant and how do you ensure that, you know, in your role for programs and your past role as president, you're meeting your members' needs? Yeah, great question. Um, and I think locally here in Baltimore, over the last few years, I have seen organizations that at one point people may consider competitors to AMA um, fold. Um, the short answer and the simple answer of how we stay relevant is we've had ups and downs over the years in my tenure with AMA. Um, but the biggest thing for us of how we stay relevant is multifold. And what I mean by that is one, we are approaching what we're doing from a programming and content standpoint through a marketing lens. And what I mean by that is for years, there were times where we were putting on programs and events and they worked well, they had good turnouts, interesting speakers. But the reality is it somewhat felt like it's just another one of those AMA programs. Whereas the last couple few years, we took a step back and said, 
let's look at it like a menu. There's going to be different people that order different things. Some people are vegan. Some people like certain foods. Not everything is going to appeal to everyone. So we need to look at the wide audience that I spoke about earlier and figure out, well, what tailors to people who are starting out their career or what tailors to people who are looking for networking opportunities or, for example, one thing that we launched now going into year three is a mentorship program where we sort of combine some of that where we're focusing on people who are three to five years growing their career with senior level marketers 15 to 20 years out there so we're hitting multiple audiences and providing value Um, and i would say that's really the biggest thing is figuring out why do people join and how do we hit as many of those people without having too many things because we've all been to the diner when you look at the menu and you flip through seven pages and don't know what to get Um, but figuring out what to provide that people are going to feel it resonates with them. Well, I like that too, because you're you're really challenged with marketing to marketers about marketing, which first of all may set a record for the number of times marketing has been used in a row. Uh, but, but it's I think you're trying to keyword stuff that. There you go. Um, I'll probably get a penalty for it. Uh, the, the different kind of personas you're thinking about and the different values they're trying to get or you can provide from the AMA um, really analogous to the way a lot of B2B marketers think about, okay, who are my different buyers? What are their different stages? What are their different roles? So it's interesting to me that you, as a marketer marketing to marketers, have to think about uh, all those different kind of you know buyer journeys in the AMA as well. How do you go about that process? I mean, did you sit down with, uh, with a leadership team? Do you guys have a board? Did you do research? Do you get stuff from your national organization? Um, what should our listeners know about ways they can start to do this process on their own? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that I would say is being resourceful. And specifically to AMA with that is AMA National has been around since 1937. AMA Baltimore has been around since 1947. Locally, there's throughout the country, 75 chapters like AMA Baltimore and most major markets. So what we've done is, over the last few years, is we've looked at what has worked in the past. We've looked at what hasn't worked in the past, specific to the Baltimore market. We also have leveraged those 74 other chapters throughout the country and have spoken with them to find out successes and challenges and have done the same with national. The nice thing is, while AMA is a member-based organization, going back to the point we spoke about earlier about volunteering, it's also a volunteer-run organization. So we almost have to take a nimble startup mindset approach because we're, we're dealing with a group of people who are running the organization, doing this essentially in their free time. So while we all have busy schedules now more than ever before, the time we have is even more limited, so we have to be more resourceful and really figuring out how do we um, spend time thinking up front so that we don't spin our wheels trying things that aren't going to move the needle. Yeah, that resourcefulness is interesting to me too because I think, gosh, every marketer feels like they've been in that seat, right, where if only I had more resources, if I only had more time, I only had more dollars, I only had more people. Um, but squeezing a lot out of out of volunteers and, and kind of being resourceful about the different places you you spend your time to get the maximum impact. Um, 
I think something all marketers can relate to. Sort of to that end, uh, something you touched on earlier, some of the different areas of marketing and marketing changing so rapidly and evolving. How do you, how do you stay current? And then how do you, um, as an organization, try to keep your members current? Yeah. So for me personally, how I stay current, um, I I would be lying if I didn't say I use AMA as a resource. Um, there's a lot out there, whether it's the events that they put on locally, events that are put on nationally, webinars, blog posts, articles. There's a lot out there. Um, I also would advocate for all the listeners to figure out what area you want to learn more about because there's this great website called Google. Um, and I've there's heard a lot of that of, website. It's going to be big. They say, right? <laughs> um, but the reality is, I think, I and I often have this conversation um, trying to talk to up-and-coming students who are going into the working profession because I'll speak more about this later, but that that is one of the reasons why I am so passionate about AMA is really the ability to help advance marketers no matter where they are in their stage and career. But the conversation that I have with them is telling them that Yes, we live in a day and age where it feels there's more out there than ever before, but also at the same time, to that point, there's more out there that you could get hyper-focused on and say, this is what we need to learn more about, and this is what's relevant, and this is how we can learn more. So um, to sort of wrap that answer on the question of how does AMA make sure that we're providing relevant information to our audience? There's a number of things that we do with that. So we are very heavily focused on programs. Um, after every event, we have a survey that goes out that we solicit feedback on how that program went, um, areas of interest for upcoming programs. We do regularly talk to our membership as well as just the general marketing community um, and try to stay very tuned in on what are the trends going in for marketing today and how can we provide something that's going to help make marketers better marketers. Great. So Dove, we've talked a lot about uh, the AMA and, and your role, but I want to get into Dove a little bit. So uh, you, you told us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, coming to Baltimore, but you know, of all things, why marketing? Like what got you into marketing? What excited you about that? Great question. Um, so I would say it was actually, I first was interested in just general business and then got focused on marketing. Um, so actually, as a teenager, I saved up some money and ended up buying a lawnmower. And I quickly learned as a budding entrepreneur at 13 that I can make money going and cutting my neighbor's lawns. And then I realized, well, I could do more than just cutting their lawns. I can rake their leaves in the fall. I could shovel their snow in the winter. And I quickly sort of started this all season landscaping and snow removal company um, for my neighbors in my neighborhood. And the part that I realized was, and I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, what I realized was that if you're able to deliver um, what people want when they want it and provide superior quality and i i say that last part because i think in some ways that's the most important part today especially when it comes to marketing because i've seen over the years there's these trends that 
come and go with marketing in terms of, let's look at the last few years. There was a time when everyone said they were doing content marketing and everyone was doing social media. And you give it some time and you see the good people continue to rise to the top and the people that said they could do it, it's not really good quality. And that shows. Um, so that's a little bit of background on how I got to marketing. Um, and I would say the evolution of that as well is I really found it interesting that you could have the best product out there or the best service out there, but if no one knows about it, it's the greatest secret that no one knows about. Or you can have something that's decent quality and that's great, but if you can really showcase what the value and benefits are, that can really drive your goals and objectives and create value for the audience. Okay, so you started this entrepreneurial business, uh, bought a loan Mars, started cutting grass, expanded um, throughout all four seasons to really have an annualized dove landscaping business. And then you talked about quality work and how do you attract customers? What was your marketing plan? So it was it was fairly simple as a as a young teenager. Um, it was really, I would say, it started with just doing a really good job. Um, so that first lawn that I cut, which was for myself, my mom paid me, full disclosure. <laughs> um, but I was focused, and those that know me at Right Source or those that know me at AMA know that I'm very detail oriented. So there was something systematic about my approach of. I'm going to cut the grass this way, or I'm going to do snow shovel removal this way. And it slowly built in the sense that I then went to the neighbor next door to my house and then the one next door to them and slowly just expanded throughout my block and throughout my neighborhood. Really, I would say word of mouth was the biggest um, piece back then. There wasn't um, a lot of digital social media marketing available back then. <laughs> Traditional um, social media, the, the word of mouth. <laughs> exactly. The social part. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, all right. So you started this business, um, grew the business, and then what made you think of marketing as a career? I think it was just sort of the evolution of me realizing the point that I made earlier about you can have a really good product or service, um, that doesn't go anywhere if there's no marketing behind it. Um, or you can have a subpar product, but marketing can really help drive it. Um, and I think it was just sort of the evolution of that. Um, and I, I would say, I know content marketing has been around for a really long time, um, but I think it was sort of maybe without me even noticing that I was attracted to that mindset of thinking of if you provide value to people, it's going to go a long way. Um, and I think part of the reason why I'm involved with AMA and it's a volunteer role, I enjoy helping others. Um, so I think having that same approach with your marketing of no one wants to be sold to. Um, and I think sort of the best way that I've heard over the last 10 plus years about that is Jay Beer. And he basically said that if you take two letters out of the word selling and change it to helping, 
that's going to go a long way. And that has stuck with me for a long time now. Um, but I think that's sort of one of the pieces that really got me hooked on it. Yeah, no, that's a really good way to think about it is, uh, you know, as a marketer, how are you helping your audience? And then ultimately, your audience becomes your buyers because you're so helpful to them, they, they can't help but to want to, uh, to engage with you, whether that's your product or your service. Um, so you've been in marketing a while. You've seen a lot of companies, both uh, through your agency roles, some in-house roles, and AMA. Um, what do you think is the biggest opportunity that people are missing in marketing right now? I think I probably would say the biggest opportunity that people are missing is doing marketing in a haphazard fashion or also not completely tying marketing to business goals. Um, and what I mean by that is sort of going back to that earlier point where I spoke about there's now more than ever before options available or technology out there that it's very easy to have your CEO walk down the hallway and say, hey, what are we doing about this? And you feel that there's something dumped on your plate. You already have 73 things on your to-do list for this week. And now you have this new thing bumped to the top. When we jump in and say, oh, yeah, I'm whatever excuse you make up. But the reality is you'll have a lot more respect for yourself and for marketing if you say, let me take a look at that and get back to you. And if you present, this actually doesn't fit into the strategy puzzle of what we're trying to achieve, because you're not just saying, yes, let's do this, or yes, let's do that. You're providing reasoning why it should or shouldn't work um, and being a more strategic marketer. So it's really kind of avoiding shiny objects in an era where there are more shiny objects than maybe there ever have been before. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, in terms of challenges, like what are some of the things you think um, personally you've seen as, as challenges as a marketer and how have you overcome those? I think one of the biggest ones is being resourceful. So um, especially with all the shiny objects out there and all the technology and the mindset of thinking, I'm going to purchase this tool or platform and it's going to be really easy. Um, so a great example is marketing automation platforms. I think people often think I'm going to purchase this and it's going to just run automatically and leads are going to rain in and life's going to be amazing and we're going to make millions and millions of dollars when the reality is there's a lot of work that you need to put into having that work properly. And once it is in place, it works um, and can drive great results for the company or organization. But the reality is you need to take a step back and figure out what are the primary marketing goals and objectives? What are the business goals and objectives? How are those aligned? And then figuring out how to be resourceful. So if you're on the client side, figure out what resources does your team have to address what you need to tackle. Um, if there aren't resources that you have, figure out are there freelancers you could pull in? Is there an agency you could pull in? How do you sort of skin the cat a different way to get what you need done? Um, because there's always ways to think creatively and sometimes it's just a matter of figuring out how do you take that step back and get there? 
but a part of that, what I would say is don't be afraid to reach out to those who have been there before. So if you're on the client side and you're worried your CEO is going to think, well, if Dove or whoever doesn't know how to do the job, they're not the right fit, don't think everything's always on you. And sort of tying back to the AMA, I think that's one of the things that I've seen in the decade plus that I've been involved with the organization is it's a community of people who are dealing with the exact same thing as you. So you're not alone because there's X number of other people in your market that are in the same situation where their CEO is walking down the hall and asking them these same questions and you guys can brainstorm and learn from their mistakes, learn from their successes, so you don't have to go it alone. Great. No, and, and tying back to the AMA, as we talked about before, and, and because our podcast is all about talking about marketing and talking about results, um, you've made some changes. You took that step back. You re-engineered the programming a couple of years ago. You know, What are the results you're seeing? Are they what you expected? What have you changed? Are you getting what you wanted? Yeah, great, great question. So I think we couldn't be happier. Um, and what I mean by that, without getting into too many details, we've introduced some new things. So for example, um, the last two and a half years, we've been running a program called AMA Mingle, which is an every other month um, networking focus event at local agencies, really focused around how do we make sure that AMA Baltimore is tied into the um, agency seen here in Baltimore? How do we bring the community closer together? How do we provide networking opportunities? This basically was created out of the need for a program that we didn't have before and based on feedback that we had heard. And we've averaged 80 plus attendees for the last dozen of these events that we've done. Whereas it wasn't hard to achieve that goal because we never did this program before. So when the starting point was zero, anything we did was going to be great. <laughs> Fair. Um, but the other point that I'll make on that is some of the programs that we ran within the last five years, I would say probably averaged where we were getting 20, 30, 40 people. And not to discount networking, but this was an event where we sort of stepped outside of our comfort zone. We said, let's try something new. And we were getting double or triple that with this new programming approach. And I think that's important too, as you talked about early on, um, getting to know your buyers, getting to know what they want from you, testing, measuring those results, like you said, starting small and getting a little bit of data and then continuing to say, all right, let's keep doing this. It's getting the results we wanted, or you know, we're not quite hitting the mark. Where do we shift? So quickly, just as kind of a wrap up and takeaway, uh, two or three results that you're seeing and really proud about uh, from your role at AMA. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that I would say is us learning how to market to marketers, which I think is a lesson that we all could learn from. And the biggest piece that we've done with that is we've tested. So we haven't been afraid to try something once with the idea that if it doesn't work, we won't do it again, but if it works, we'll build on it. Um, so specifically around the programming side, one thing that we've done over the last year plus that has had great success is we've slowly evolved, as ironic as it sounds, the marketing aspect of marketing events to marketers. <laughs> um, and what I mean by that is historically, we used to just put the event up on our website and sort of we would think that that would do its job. Um, and I think this is similar to 
how marketers need to market to their audiences because years ago you used to be able to publish a blog post and organically it would just rank. The game has changed. So what we've learned, and this isn't necessarily applicable directly to everyone out there, but figure out what channels are out there and what you can use. Can you incorporate email marketing? Can you try, if you're running events, some Facebook ads to scale and raise awareness? Can you try new things and send messages to people on Facebook? Um, You need to try different tactics in the sort of magician box. Um, Test them. The great thing about being a marketer today and sort of the closing takeaway that I'll leave with you guys is we have data at our fingertips. We can measure a lot, but measuring everything doesn't get you anywhere. It's really being able to distill down what you have and make decisions on what does work, what doesn't work, and what's going to have a positive impact. Great. Awesome points. Uh, Dove, thanks again for joining us today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 